the Apostle Frederick Kaluluma podcast channel. Apostle Frederick is the senior pastor of the City of the Lord Church, and he has been anointed by God with a message that will take you deeper in your walk with Christ. We have the mission to bring hope to the hopeless, and we seek to build a community of believers founded on faith and walking in love until the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, if you would like to officially join the City of the Lord Church and get access to pastoral care, counsel, and one-on-one sessions with the man of God, fill in the form in the link below the podcast description. Now, here comes today's powerful word. It is your word. So grab your Bibles, pens, and notepads as we join Apostle Frederick from the City of the Lord Church in Lusaka, Zambia. Be blessed. So last week, I was teaching a fire sermon. And I was teaching about the power of God. And the sermon was entitled, Seven Expressions of God's Power. And then what happened is, when I reached point number five, I couldn't continue. As in, the power just overflowed. Now the challenge is, that person at the back kept complaining, Pastor, you've not finished the points, you've not finished the points, you've not finished the points. So for the sake of that person who's complaining in their heart, we'll do the last two points. List a rumor starts about me that I don't finish series and sermons and stuff like that. So the first expression of power that I mentioned, and we're using the Greek and the Hebrew. The reason we're using the Greek and the Hebrew is because we like being fancy. Okay, to be honest, the reason we're using the Greek and the Hebrew is because there are certain words that can be better expressed in those languages, and we also like being fancy. So the first word that we described was koa. And what is koa talking about? Great in abilities. And an example is a scripture where it says that you should thank the Lord for it is him who gives you power to create wealth. So there's core great ability. The second word that we looked at, in line with core, we also looked at iskus, which also talks about abilities. Then the next word that we looked at is euporio, which means the means. The means. The means. And I did a whole... You have to just go listen to the podcast. The stuff I said about this. Amazing stuff. The means. And these means can be technical. They can be physical. They can be financial. They all count as power. Okay? Then we looked at exousia. Who gave themselves exousia as a video name? Yeah, exousia now. <laughs> hey, don't call me that. Call me exousia. Even went, went out of the church singing, he's changed my name. <laughs> they call me exu. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so there's exousia, which means great in authority. Okay? Great in authority. That's exousia. And the fourth one we looked at is dunamis, which means it's like a great force 
and it usually shows greatness in miracles. Now, the the, I should have put this point as the last one. Because when I put this point, the challenge was things started happening. Fire just started moving. There was just a great force. Praise God. And today, let's, this was the fifth one, right? Was it the fourth or the fifth? Anyway, Koa. Uh huh. Okay, Koa, Yuporio. Uh huh. Exusia. Tunamis. Okay. If it ends up not being the fourth, I'll put Iskus somewhere. The next one is Kratos. Let me show you two scriptures that refer to Kratos. Okay, for your sake, I'll show you three. For the person who said yes, pastor. Okay, I'll show you four. <laughs> Ephesians 1 and verse 16. We quoted this, but now I want us to see it in light of the Greek. I do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. Turn to your neighbor and say, this week, mention me in your prayers. By name. If they don't know your name, tell them. There is something special about being mentioned in prayers. Come on, tell another random neighbor, maybe somebody at the back or somebody behind you, just tell them, this week, mention me in your prayers. Uh, please don't give them the nickname. <laughs> the prayer might bounce. You know, like <laughs> when I was at, when we were having our graduation ceremony for the University of Zambia, that's the day I knew people's names. There was someone who we all thought their name was K. Then when I put the like we've got such a classmate, then we turned <laughs> Praise God. Reminds me of back in the day when people had a name for at school and a name for at home. Somehow everyone at home calls you this. But then at school you have to I don't know I don't know why, but at school you have to present yourself a certain way. So what was your name for at home? What was your name for at home? Let me hear it. Huh? Mwase. Okay. Some of you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Verse 17. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. That the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Uh -huh. And what is 
the exceeding greatness of his dunamis toward us who believe according to the working of his kratos. Let me read it in English then I'll read it in Greek. That's what I'm saying. You see why sometimes we go to the Greek, right? It says, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe according to the working of his mighty power? Sounds like repetition, right? But the words used for power there are different. It says, according there, and what is the exceeding greatness of his dunamis towards us who believe according to the working of his mighty kratos. Actually, of his kratos. Now, it already sounds like a deep word, right? Now, the word kratos means great in reigning. This refers to dominion. This refers to dominion. Dominion. And what the Bible is saying is that the dunamis of God in our lives, the, the, the miracle working power, works according to his dominion. So this means great in reigning. So you find beyond miracles, it goes to things like influence. Beyond healings, it goes to things like health. Let me give you this example. Let's say somebody has a challenge with a particular sickness and they provoke that dunamis power to forcefully remove it. Now, let's say they provoke the dunamis power of God and they have that sickness sorted. And then two years later, the same sickness comes back and they provoke the dunamis power of God again. And then three years later, the same sickness comes back and they provoke the dunamis power of God again. That means they've become skilled at getting healed, right? But then there is a level that's greater than that. And it's a level of dominion. It means they begin to dominate the area of health. For example, it's one thing to pray and fast for one meeting, and that meeting is powerful. It's another thing for you to come to a place where whatever you do, it just works. It means you're beginning to come to a place of dominion, such that you become associated with that kind of area. And you'll notice that Jesus would show dominion in interesting ways. Let me give you examples. His first interaction with water in a miraculous way. He turns it to wine. Next, water tries to capsize their boat. He calms it. Then to show total dominion, he walks on it. That means at that point that my fish and the whales and all those creatures in the water who's that young man there? The one next to Johanna. 
How old are you? Okay, how old are you? You're 12. Okay. He looks like he's catching something. I can perceive he's catching something. Let him come sit in front for today. Someone exchange with him. There's, there's a seat here. Let him come sit here. I may have something for him. I perceive there's something he's catching. Okay. What was I talking about? I was talking about dominion, and that should become our aim. Dominion should become our aim. There was a revival that took place years ago in London. Back when majority of London was still very poor. And I've just forgotten the name of this gentleman, but he felt called to preach on the streets. That's why he felt called to preach. And um, he wanted to preach in the poor areas, but they were not really allowing him, so he sort of had to break off from denomination. And in one of his first encounters, the people on the streets beat him up. He went back. He went back. Then, eventually, his message started bringing hope, and people started following him. And the people who were following him were people who were wasting their lives on alcohol and hooliganism. And they began to follow him and follow him such that the bar owners decided to start a revolt against him because they lost business. And they decided to come fight against him. And they did that and they injured a number of them. But the movement kept growing. Eventually one of the bar owners came and said, look, What's the whole point of having all these people following you? But you've got nothing to offer them. You're not rich. You can't offer them money. And they've wasted their lives. It's better they come back to the bar where they'll be drinking all their lives. And that's how they started a skills center. And began to teach those people skills. In short, those people were not now just getting born again. The people were now able to bring a certain income in their families. You know what that means? It means it was moving from just a move, from just a meeting, from just a revival meeting to a revived life. And it means now people were being placed at a, at a position where they could now not just influence their family, but they could change the course of their generations. Because now they could have something to leave for their children and their children's children. It means they were coming now to a place of dominion. And that's God's aim for you and I. It's dominion. It's where you leave your mark. It's where you make an impact. And the dominion works in several areas. For example, do you know that this is what we stand in when it comes to spiritual warfare? Ephesians chapter number 6. Be strong in the Lord. And in the power of his might, the word used there is kratos. That's verse 10. Ephesians 6 verse 10. It says, be strong in the Lord and in the power. Do you have a notepad? Okay. Cut him a paper and a pen. Let him take notes. There's something special for this kid. It says, be strong. Finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his kratos. And then what happens when you are strong in the Lord and in the power of his might? What happens next? Next verse. 
You put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Or you come to a place of dominion. You can stand against Satan. I have told you this story before about um, the last meeting I went to in Kenya, which was extremely impactful. I don't know how many invitations I've received since then. You're the ones who, you're the reason <laughs> why we don't accept many of them. Even this year, there's one on the table. Have you ever been given like an open invitation? I just say yes anytime. That's one of the ones on the table. But this year is busy. Okay. busy. <laughs> yeah. I received a word from God some years ago a very forceful word. I was lying down on the bed and it was around six. I knew I was not asleep. I was half awake and I knew someone had walked in the room and I could tell that I was in the presence of greatness. I didn't open my eyes. I should have. I didn't open my eyes and I heard him speak and when he spoke, he spoke in a South African language which I had no idea about. Why? I also don't know. Although I was just about to go to South Africa and he spoke and he said something like, wait that I will this way, something like that. And now that means father of nations. Now. Sometime later, I began studying a bit on the courts of heaven and how the spiritual realm works. When you understand how the spiritual realm works, you will know that every thought that God thinks over you and every word that God says over you is not just for your encouragement. It's also a weapon in warfare. Because there are times <laughs> where after being encouraged, you need to pursue, <laughs> overtake, and recover all. And so I flew to Kenya, and then the first night, I stayed feeling a little under the weather. And I thought, ah, maybe it's a change in weather and stuff like that. And as I was sleeping, I noticed it was getting worse. And, it was, and for sure, it was very cold there. And it was getting worse and worse. And then that night, I found myself lifted in the spiritual realm. And this thing, just like stands and it says I'm the principality from the north and it asked me who are you and automatically I went in the volume of the books it is written of me and I said out the name that God calls me by because it's warfare and the moment I did that it was like you know when you're fighting but you don't know how and it was a battle I won viciously the next day I woke up, I was fine. And then things began to change. And I don't think I've ever seen an influx of miracles in such a short period of time like that. But afterwards, I received 
when I asked them a few questions about the north, apparently the north was is the place that usually has trouble, and that's also where dryness comes from. So I, I knew the symbolic interpretation. A year later, I received a message saying, do you remember that encounter you had? I said, yes. And they began to explain how something had happened in the region where there were locusts that were eating the fields, and they came from the north, and then they skipped that area. That means it was beyond short legs growing. It was beyond people getting off wheelchairs. There was a certain dominion that began to manifest where you can stand against a wow of Satan and you'd be amazed one day when you look back at the nation you look back at certain things that would have happened in your life certain things that would have happened in the nation you'd be amazed that there was somebody who went on their knees and with and withheld a storm on their own <laughs> you'd be amazed it's something we need to learn to do, to stand in his mighty power. That, the night I was leaving Kenya, I had another interesting experience. That night, I woke up shouting someone's name from the church. And I immediately said interceding for them. Later on, when I got to speak to them and we synchronized, at that very time, they were about to be physically attacked. At that very time, in another place. Then somebody out of the blues came through and rescued them. What was that an expression of? That's an expression of dominion. And that's for every believer. Imagine what we'll see in Osaka if everyone here catches it. Imagine what we'll see in your families if everyone here catches it. This one, is, it, it goes through into the mountains of influence. For example, in this place, um, I think I'm more acquainted with Facebook, some are Instagrammers, some are TikTokers, whatever you are. If we were to add together the number of followers that we all have, how many would we reach? Unfortunately, not many. But remove the mutual ones. I'm not certain at this point if we can reach beyond 100,000. Maybe we also need to manifest Kratos in that area. I want you to imagine what would happen if one person in this place had a million followers. And they've got an opportunity to influence one million people. They can just post one verse a day. Imagine what will happen in the lives of one million people. And then the ripple effect of what those one million people would do in another one million people's lives. You end up touching 10 million. Because we've grown in dominion. We've learned to dominate particular areas. The day I'm talking about this, when I do the series on power, I'm telling you, you realize it's actually your responsibility to bring influence. And what's interesting is, Satan likes to mimic what's God's. And the world went certain steps ahead of us. 
I'll give you, and you know the church has always had challenges sometimes with being far behind. I'll give you an example. Do you know that when television came out, there were pastors preaching against TVs? And they used to call televisions the devil's toolbox. Do you know what happened as time went by? Almost all those pastors went down in influence. And you know the ones who went up in influence? The ones who used the toolbox and put their faces on TV. Almost every pastor you know now, or who, who was a household name in the past 20 years or so, was probably not because of the internet, but most likely because they were on TBN or something. And they became overnight sensations. As time went by, I began to hear, I've literally sat and heard sermons against social media. And then COVID happened. And then what happened? The ones who are calling social media pastors are the ones who are reaching out to their people. Why? Because they had the influence. And that's why right now, there's, there are even some funny sermons with funny quotes which are spread about. And do you know why they are spreading? Because people have invested in being influential. It's part of warfare. It's part of warfare. I remember one time I planned to go offline for a certain period of time. And I used to do that consistently because I would go pray. So one time I reached day three and then I heard the Lord say go back online. That was years ago. I said why? And he said you'll find people have backslidden. And I'm like, oh, but, you know, I thought you want me to be with you. And you know what he responded? He said, Jesus withdrew. And he told me that 40 days thing where Jesus went silent only happened once. The rest of the times he just learned how to withdraw. Anyways, that's how he told me to do it. And when he gave, when he gave me 10 commands, that I needed to fulfill for me to be successful in ministry. The f one of, I won't tell you what number it was, one of them was you have to be active on social media. Are you learning something? Yes, Pastor. I've just realized I've been talking a lot. So when God wants you to manifest power, part of it includes influence. It includes leadership. Have you noticed that there was something about Joseph that wherever he was taken, he would be promoted? You take Joseph to prison, he becomes the boss of the prisoners. You sell him as a slave in Pharaoh's house. He becomes the chief of the slaves. You take him to Pharaoh. Pharaoh could have easily just made him anything. You take him to Pharaoh, he becomes Pharaoh's father. I don't know if you're hearing me. He said, God has made me a father to Pharaoh. What do you think that's a manifestation of? Dominion. And when you learn how to manifest that, here's something that will happen to you. You'll never be in a disadvantaged position. Even when they think they are disadvantaging you, there will still be a way for you to burn and manifest your dominion. Let's look at something. What manner of dominion was that? Why Jesus could just say, go put, go, go cast your net in the same place where you cast it last time. The fish will come. And then because he had that relationship with fish, at some point he says, okay, Go get our money from taxes. From where? From the fish. 
you find one kafish, remove the money for the tax. Him and fish. Later on, he shows fish. I can multiply you. I don't even need a lot of you. Just, <laughs> I don't know if you're hearing me. Just give me two. Praise God. Well, one, where, where you release a song, it's the most streamed. Why? Dominion. You write a book, it's the most read. Why? Dominion. You post a photo, it's the most liked. Why? You're bathed. Okay, sorry. <laughs> okay. God looks at the heart. Okay, so let's, let's continue. Then, hmm. the next one I was going to give you, I won't give it to you today. It needs its own message. Now, Satan doesn't want you to walk in power. He's afraid of that. Hear me and hear me well. This is very revelatory. And this God spoke to me about this morning. Satan doesn't want you to walk in power. So do you know what he would do? Number one, he would try to cause opportunities for you to deviate that power to what it's not intended for. I'll explain. Luke chapter 4, verse 3. Some good stuff. Ha! You know, one of my favorite moments sometimes when I'm teaching is when I'm teaching stuff that I know, no matter how much you Google, these points will never come like this. <laughs> how am I a good pastor, my Oh, I tell myself that, by the way. I don't practice false humility. Otherwise, I would have stopped what I'm doing by now. Uh-huh. Hmm. Sitting, sitting under me. Every week you hear my sermons. Oh, you're blessed. You're blessed. I, I understand why all the visitors today will fill in membership forms. Because, seriously, such sermons... A time is coming where people will travel from far just to hear this. And that time will be soon. Praise God. There is one man of God some years ago who had a dream that he was preaching in a certain country to certain people. So when he woke up, he said, eh, okay. Strange dream. After some time, he looked in his church and then he saw those people. And so he thought, maybe, you know, God was. And then the people began to tell him, we just came to say thank you for traveling to our land to preach to us. <laughs> like when? No. And it was correlating with the exact period he had the dream. <laughs> May you receive emails over things you never applied for. <laughs> <laughs> but keep applying okay so let's go <laughs> look for verse 3 and the devil said to him if you are the son of God command this stone to become bread uh -huh. but Jesus answered him saying it is written man shall not live by bread alone but by every word of God now I want you to understand this 
Before this, Jesus had just been baptized. And the Holy Spirit descended on him like a dove and said, and God spoke and said, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. And the very first temptation that Satan does is to ask if you are the son. And that's why you'll notice that Satan will usually try to bring you temptations in the area where you've got revelation. So you'll find after a sermon like this, you can shout amen, and then you hear him say, if you really have dominion, then why this? Then why not this? That's how Satan works. And he didn't start now, even with Eve. That's how he tricked her. He said, did God really say? He'll make you question what you are. But here is the challenge. The moment, if Jesus was to get distracted here, what happens? You start channeling the power to what it's not supposed to be channeled to. If you are the son of God, do this. Suddenly, you start channeling it to prove a point to the devil. You're messing it up. Oh my God, if I was to give you, if I was to say a bit more about this, I'll give you an example of something that can channel power. Do you know that emotions can channel power? How do we know? It says Jesus had compassion over them and he healed them. Who says the compassion was just spiritual? Jesus was not just a spiritual being. He was emotional. <laughs> People are happy to know Jesus was emotional. Because you know that even when you read Isaiah 53, you notice that it's not just his body that suffered, even his soul suffered. So he was emotional. But do you know that there are certain emotions that can channel power a certain way? For example, do you know that anger can channel power? No, no. Do you know that? Okay. So this child is sweet. This child is playing chiato where the older sister or the parents swept. And the parent says, and the parent grabs the nearest thing to them. And let's say it's a, it's a remote or whatever people grab. And they throw it. How come it will come with so much force? Anger. It's channeling their power. And then when they throw it, and they say, <laughs> to a child they birthed. And they'll say, and then the next day, they find their child doing woo woo. <laughs> and they are shocked. When they channeled power in that direction, That's why it says, be angry and sin not. Because do you know how many things can be channeled during anger? Have you ever seen, let's say somebody loses their temper. And in the moment, you know, anger is one of the most deceptive emotions. Anger is a very deceptive emotion. You know why? Because anger deceives you that in that moment, if you are to hurt another person, you will feel better. And so in their anger, they go, they punch, they punch, they punch. Really? 
I was we were playing a football match at some point. I think I scored a few goals and stuff like that in that game. It was just one of those. And we were playing it from Nasdaq. And so there was a basketball game inside. How many of you remember the game? And then all of a sudden, like the people from the we just saw people running out. They even came to disturb us and they ran to the football pit. Because apparently one team had lost. And then I think they were thinking the other guys were not fair or something like that. And so I sat there staring at them and I looked at one of them and I think he didn't realize he didn't recognize me as my cousin. So anyway, <laughs> I just couldn't tell the people around. <laughs> so I looked at one of them and his face, Ixi, we can't let them just do this, Ixi. We can't let them do this. No, Ixi. Ixi, no, we can't let them do this. Except me, I'm ready to do time. I'm ready to do time. I'm ready to do... In short, I'm ready to go to prison. I'm ready to do time. Except we can't let them do this. You know what? I'm about to lose it. I'm about to lose it. I'm two seconds away from losing it. And then here's the part where I laughed. It went like, except I've lost it. <laughs> now, I want you to imagine, let's say he did something... Do you really think you would be so happy in prison? Like, oh wow, I'm so happy in prison because I lost it. And when I lost it, but anyways, punching that guy was worth me being in prison. That's not usually the case. Anger can channel. Isn't that, isn't that what happens with Elisha? I'm thinking, you know, anger can channel power. Elisha was always the chief servant and the like, and then he became the man of God. And then he's walking and to my kid said, making fun of his bald head. And then instead of Elijah embracing his bald head. Okay? What does the guy do? He got so angry that he commanded bears to eat them. And there are some people who believe those kind of bears were not supposed to be found in that land. There's even a chance they were created. He could have easily just created hair. <laughs> and and that's why that's why you notice have you observed when you study the scriptures that many people of power seemed to struggle with emotions. Elijah Elijah comes straight from a big victory and he ran away from Jezebel. Imagine, he managed to challenge 450 and he says, God, I'm scared. And he ended the conversation, God, kill me. I'm the only one left. I'm alone. I feel alone. I'm the only one left. There were 7,000 remaining. But I'm telling you, it, that's what, it, it may sound funny, but that's, that's something that Satan tries to do a lot. To channel the power a certain direction. You find power you're supposed to use for prophesying. You use it for complaining. You know, my life would just go like this. I'm not even, I'm not even surprised. But over the next... You make a song, hey, Kaya, whether I'll be alive in 2010. Power that could have been used to prophesy your future. And you realize albums are not selling afterwards. You, you find power that could have been used for your future. You keep, 
That's, that's why Jesus asked, saying, which of you by worrying can add one single minute to your life? But you know what? It's easier said than done. Because it gets a little challenging sometimes. How many of you agree with me? There are moments it's not so easy. Especially when he comes and says, if you are really the son of God. Here's another point. I agree with you. Uh, <laughs> okay, let me say this point first. This stuff I've taught you. At one point, some pe- how many of you have ever wondered why sometimes I would walk in late in certain meetings? Do you know why we do that sometimes? It's because we want to like flash when we're walking in. That's not the reason. <laughs> if the flashiness comes, it's just a byproduct. We didn't ask for it. David didn't ask the women to sing, so has killed his thousands. David is tens of thousands. Okay. The reason is, I would notice that when the anointing would boil up, anything that distracts me could easily disturb my flow. So I would rather just concentrate and then minister. You can ask my wife how I am before I minister. I, I don't want any distractions. Not even a little bit. Not even a bit of it. Why? Because I need to channel. And the same way you, pra- you prepare for an exam. Imagine you're preparing for changing people's destinies. Sometimes you need to channel things a certain way. That's why administrative systems are built. And when they're working well, they work in such a way that if there's an issue, unless it's very big, it shouldn't reach the pastor on the, on the material day. I don't know if you're hearing me. So for those of you who be leaders, or maybe you're already in leadership, as in pastors just walked in, pastor, water spelt in the hole. I don't need to know that water spelt in the hole. <laughs> Go mop it. <laughs> but yeah, that's something that I've come to discover. And that's why if you can learn to be settled in your heart, you notice that the power will flow easier. So learn to settle your heart. Say, be still, my soul. Say, settle down. Another thing Satan will try to do is to corrupt the vessel by changing the source of power through shortcuts. Luke chapter 4, verse 5. Do you know why a lot of people try to go into witchcraft and magic? Because it seems easier and seems quicker. Because Sometimes it may feel like God is not on time, like it's taking long. And then witchcraft and the like seems to give you like a very quick solution. Okay. The same was offered to Jesus. It says the devil taking him up on a high mountain showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. Yeah. Verse 6. And the devil said to him, all this exousia I'll give you and their glory. For this has been delivered to me, and I give to whomever I wish. Uh-huh. Therefore, if you worship before me, all will be yours. In short, what is Satan saying? You don't need to go through the process. Here's a shortcut. I know you've come on earth to grab this authority back from me. I can just simply give it to you. No need for the cross, no need for the blood, no need for the spear. No need for any of those sufferings. I'll give it to you if you can just bow down and worship me. Shortcuts. 
shortcuts will circuit, will short circuit the power of God. There are some people it was in their destiny. You find it was in somebody's destiny. Let's say to be CEO of a certain place. And then you find an opportunity came to be promoted to a position that's even four times lower than CEO if they could just sleep with someone and they go for it. They've short-circuited their destiny. And how sad it would be the day God shows them what they were supposed to be. No wonder. And if you notice, when Satan came back through Peter, he still tried to tell him, don't go through this route. Because you see, there is power not just in the product. There is also power in the process of how the product is made. I don't know if you're getting me. You don't bake a cake in the same amount of minutes that you fry a chitumboa. I'll say that again. A chitumboa will probably take a shorter time. That's why you find Wamake Miles can do it just with the pot outside and she can constantly be changing vitumboas and afterwards sell it to you for two kwacha or a dondo and sell it to you for three kwacha. You get a proper cake at 150. Aye. <laughs> the person was lowered their price a little because it takes a bit of time for it to be baked. How many of you have prepared a turkey before? A turkey doesn't prepare at the same amount of time as a chicken or as a quail. A turkey takes time. It needs to be monitored. I will say this. There are certain things that don't require shortcuts. There are certain places of influence that require some baking because you learn how to handle the days of pressure. And sometimes it takes a bit of time. Don't let Satan short-circuit you by deceiving you into shortcuts. Will miracles happen? Yes. Will spontaneous promotions happen? Yes. But don't fall for the bait of Satan while he short-circuits you. Don't your neighbor and say, this is some powerful stuff. <laughs> he can also try to distract the vessel through pride. And here is another one that he tries to do. He can try to deviate your attention to why things didn't work instead of to the how they will work. Let me explain. Look at John 9. John 9. Look at verse 1. John 9 verse 1. Tandi Zolanga Tandi Zolanga I need to be ending, eh? Tandi Zolanga Abale Tandi Zolanga Why are you laughing at my use of the word Abale? Sounds like Dina Wako Mawaini Okay, let's go. John 9 verse 1. <laughs> now, as Jesus passed by, he saw a man who was blind, a man who was blind from birth. So what's the opportunity there? Heal. That's how you channel the power, right? Look at the question. And his disciples asked him, saying, Rabbi, who sinned? This man or his parents that he was born blind? 
One of the biggest distractions that Satan brings sometimes is to always try to figure out the why it didn't happen, the why it didn't work, why weren't the fish in the water at that point, how come the fish took long that night, how come this, how come this, how come this. Notice Jesus' response in verse 3. He deviates their attention from that. And he turns it to, neither this man nor his parents sinned, but the work, that the works of God should be revealed in him. Now, if you read in its Hebrew context, or the context in which it was written, you'll notice that his focus is not on whether somebody sinned or not. His focus is on the glory of God that was going to be revealed in the situation. And you'll notice, have you observed in the scriptures, that the biggest miracles we see were in response to a challenge. Why do we celebrate Abraham and Sarah giving birth? I mean, seven billion people, I don't know how many other billions people have given birth before. Why is it so important to us? It's because of the manner in which it happened. How come we celebrate uh, David stoning Goliath? He was going to die anyway. Why? The manner in which it happened. I don't know if somebody's hearing me. Why do we celebrate Joseph being prime minister? There have been many prime ministers whose names I don't know. The manner in which it happened. How come we celebrate... I can tell you story after story after story after story. The majority of stories that you love in the scriptures probably had an aspect of a challenge. And God came through. So the moment you are distracted to focus in more on the challenges than focusing on the solution, you have to look unto Jesus who is the author and finisher of your faith. Because whatever you look at grows bigger in your heart. That's why I always sing, I will love you, Lord, my strength. Praise God. <laughs> let, me give you the final, let me give you the final point. Another thing that Satan will always try to do is to discourage the vessel. Because when you're discouraged, it's difficult to manifest power. Look at 1 Samuel 30, verse 6. Do you know, ladies and gentlemen, that when we talk about spiritual warfare and attacks from Satan, I want you to hear me and hear me well. What have I said? <laughs> Tell your neighbor, hear him and hear him well. When we think of an attack from Satan, most people think of being chased in the dream. <laughs> Do you know that one of the greatest attacks of Satan is actually discouragement? His greatest attacks, if you had to ask me, being deviated from your purpose, being distracted from what you're supposed to be focusing on, and being discouraged. Those for me are three of the greatest, three Ds. Discouragement. Who's ever had moments where, for no apparent reason, you just start feeling low. And before you know it, you're feeling discouraged. And then you remember every reason that you have to be discouraged. But you were happy 10 minutes before. Sometimes justifiable reasons. Sometimes exaggerated ones. And you know how people make it worse. They go and say, you know, for me, the whole world hates me. Now you find that person, there are 15 people who hate them. And the weight of having 15 people hate you is big enough. Now, when you say the whole world hates me, a demon spirit hears that and says, okay. And then begins to manifest a heaviness in your life 
which is equivalent to the weight of the whole world hating you. And then before you know it, you're discouraged beyond what you can bear. And yet perhaps 15 people would have been more bearable. Because suddenly you're feeling the weight of 7 billion people hating you. Have you ever woken up and you just don't feel the energy to do things that on an ordinary day you'd be able to do normally? Do you know that's an attack? That's actually an attack from Satan. Because the moment you waste that one day, which you're never going to get back, you're, you're pushing certain things further that should come closer. And perhaps that was the key day where if you are going to walk about, you are going to meet that key person who is going to do that key thing. You, you have to be very deliberate. You, you, you must be able to tell that it's just an attack. I'm telling you, there, there are moments, and, and you should be able to sense that it's an attack from Satan. There are moments where I've just woken up and thought, oh, am I a good pastor? I'm, I'm telling you, and he'll attack you in the area that he knows you're good at. That's what he does. One of the biggest attacks is discouragement. Look at what David did. And maybe I'll end on this point. I've got more points, but I'll end on this one. I am the pastor. <laughs> First Samuel 30, verse 6. Let's start from verse 3. You don't mind, eh? Young man, you don't mind, eh? What's your name? Caleb. Wonderful. So David and his men. Now, who are these men? These men used to be rejects before they met David. If you read in the scriptures. So because they were rejects, they couldn't even marry and stuff like that because they were rejects. And so David and his men came to the city and there it was burned with fire. And their wives and their sons and their daughters had been taken captives. Uh-huh. Then David and the people who were with him lifted up their voices and wept until they had no more power to weep. So the weeping was also doing something about their power. Yeah. Uh-huh. And David's two wives, Ahinoam, the Jezreelitess, and Abigail, the one who called Nabo a fool, right? Abigail, the widow of Nabo. Wait, do you remember Abigail? Isn't she the one who David wanted to kill Nabo and then Abigail said, my husband is a fool. Don't let blood come on you and stuff like that. Meaning David was going to relinquish something because of taking the power in another direction. That's why she was called wise. Yeah. Had been taken captive. Next verse. Now David was greatly distressed for the people spoke of stoning him. The same people that he raised. Because the soul of all the people was grieved. Every man for his son and his daughters. But what did David do? David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. Other versions say David encouraged himself. In one minute, encourage yourself right now. With words. With words. Encourage yourself. I want to hear it. Come on. Hear that law? If I said, say I'm rich, you'd be shouting right now. Can you encourage yourself right now with words? Guys, you're too quiet. This shows me you don't do this a lot. Can you encourage yourself with words? Hey! Ha ha ha! And what happened as he was encouraging himself? Strength was coming. That shows you that one source of strength, one source of power is encouragement. Never look down on the ministry of encouragement. You never know what your encouragement can do to a person. I was vlogging yesterday, right? 
And I received a message that said, let me just read it for you as well, looking at the next verse. I was vlogging yesterday, and I received a message that really interested me. Do you know what it said? This is what it said. These vlogs are therapeutic, Apostle. He's not a member of the church, by the way. I said, how? I don't know how, but it said, first is the fact that you also live normal like us. You go to the barber shop. How did people think I cut my hair? <laughs> well, I've never just thought of you outside the pulpit. Plus, I personally haven't interacted with Mrs. Kaluluma. But Lord, she's admirable. I love her. She speaks with confidence and authority. Every time you post her or she features in one of your videos, Awe, I can watch even five times. <laughs> and she said, I was in a low mood. But just looking at your vlog made me smile. Now, I'm not certain what the person was able to achieve afterwards. There was that testimony, I think it was in the virtual church, right? Well, one of our members, I don't know if she's here now, because she, has, she traveled here. The first time she tuned in, she was so discouraged and she had a backlog of work and Dikon Cassandra prophesied to her. The encouragement that brought, she was able to go back and do that work and she cleared and passed. You never know what destiny you are saving by just encouraging people. So maybe if there's somebody here who's looking for a purpose in life, here's a purpose for you. Start being an encourager. Just do that. Say, I'm the chief encouraging officer of this church. <laughs> so it says he strengthened himself in the Lord. And then what happened next? Verse 7. Verse 7. Then David said to the priest, bring the effort here to me. And he brought the airport. And know what happened? This was before prayer. He encouraged himself even before praying. And he inquired of the Lord. And the Lord answered, Pursue, for you shall surely overtake and without fail recover all. His power had left due to discouragement. And how did power come back? Encouragement. I thought you should know that Dunamis, Kratos, Koa, Exusia, Iskus, Euporo, they all work better with a person who's encouraged. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Okay. I've got more to say on this, but maybe I can finish next week. I want you to take one minute to encourage a random person in church, not your neighbor. So you're literally free to move about. You've got one minute to move, switch neighbors, switch neighbors, switch neighbors. You're free to be upstanding. Wonderful. Now, I would like to encourage those who are not born again that today you can be born again. Imagine today you can confess the Lord Jesus and your life will never be the same again. And so if you've been holding back for whatever reason, we're here to encourage you today to be saved. So if you'd like to be born again today, we want to encourage you with claps. So raise your hand. If you want to be born again today. Hold on. Some of you are clapping. You need to raise your hands. So if you, want to, if you want to be born again today, just raise your hand and raise it up high. I see that hand. 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 Is there anyone who perhaps 
would like to rededicate their life to the Lord, maybe you went off and you'd like to get back to your place in the Lord. Just raise your hand, please. Is there anybody? Come, 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 come. Come, 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 come. Come, come. Anybody else? Just come and keep coming. I remember you. Were you at the Onza meeting? What year are you in? What year are you in? Second year. Okay, what are you studying? Medicine. Wonderful. Wonderful. Raise your hands, please. Now, I want you to know you guys are not going to receive, no one receives a junior Holy Spirit or a senior one. And the Lord will do mighty things in your life. Now, say after me, say, Lord Jesus, I confess you as my Lord. I'm a child of God. Amen. Now, I pray for you all in Jesus' name. Be filled with the Spirit of God. Be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. In Jesus' name. Be filled with the Spirit. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Can we just bless the Lord? Let's just bless the Lord. Uh, your details will be taken. Now, I've noticed some of you may be in our younger classes find solutions with their team so that they can be cuttered for in an interesting way. It's never too early to learn on salvation. Let's give them a hand. Let's bless the Lord. Wonderful. Now, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I decree and declare those arrows of discouragement are dissolved now. In Jesus' name, be strengthened. Be blessed. Your week is blessed. I declare good news comes this week. I declare a miraculous turnaround happens this week. I declare that that testimony that has been cooking manifests this week in Jesus name Amen can I just show you something very quickly Isaiah chapter 61 Isaiah 61 verse 3 so it says to console those who mourn in Zion to give beautiful ashes the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. One way to deal with the spirit of heaviness is praise. It's rough, it's hard, it's challenging. And you start Fianchiti Lava Yawesi Dondo What are you doing there? You are defeating the spirit of heaviness by putting on the garment of praise. And when the garment of praise is put on, wow, it's amazing. Praise God.
wonderful. Let's have the grace. The amazing grace, everybody. The amazing grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the extravagant love of God, and the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit be with us all. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives and will dwell in the house of the Lord. of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you. You can reach the City of the Lord Church on 0777-930882. If you are unable to call, you can email us on thecityofthelordzambia at gmail.com or reach us on Facebook at the City of the Lord Church. Stay blessed.